My name is Kyle. I serve as the lead pastor here, and I'm thankful that you made a decision to join us today. Uh, we really do want to create a place where you can come and belong even before you believe. And so maybe you bring some doubts and some questions into this place, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, if you've never given any information to us and you'd like to, if you want to know a little more about Trinity, if you want a little gift, uh, there's a card in front of you, hopefully. You can fill that out, and then someone would love to meet you afterwards and give you a small gift if you would like to do that after the service. How many of you watched the show, This Is Us? Oh, man, so good. Uh, I, for some reason, my allergies kick up about the middle of the week when I watch that show. I don't know what it is. Uh, but, man, I'm just allergic to something uh, in that show. Uh, but, man, it is an emotional, powerful show. If you have not seen it, I would encourage you to, uh, to watch it. It really is the story of a family. It's the story of parents and their, their small children and how they grow up. And I think the thing that is connected to people so much, at least for me, um, is it just feels real, right? It feels like that is a true story, a life story, uh, where, where our decisions, because what it comes down to is how our decisions have an impact on the people around us. And we may not even realize it. We, we may not realize it as a, as a young parent and, and what we, we do with our kids or teach our kids. Like it has an outcome to that. Uh, the, the way we treat one another, something comes from that. And so uh, I just think of this, uh, this show, This Is Us, and I begin to think of our own stories. And if someone made a, a, a show about you and your life, what would it tell? What story would we tell? And we've looked two weeks. The first week, we kind of looked at the idea of a, a funeral, and I talked about how uh, part of my job is, is to uh, oversee funerals and to, to hear stories told about people as they've past. And last week, we looked at this idea of when you're 80, if you could celebrate your 80th birthday, and, and some of you have already hit that. Uh, so 90th birthday, your 100th birthday, uh, what are the stories that you want told about you? Because there will be stories told about you, right? We talked about this as we think about a legacy. Uh, people will either say good things or bad things or no things. What are people going to share about you? The people that stand and speak, whether it's coworkers or people from the community, if it's your friends, if it's extended family, if it's your immediate family, what are those people going to say about you? What, what are those stories? I know, I know you come to be uh, encouraged, and, and I want you to be, but the next kind of few moments, it may not feel that way. Um, your life will one day end, right? And that maybe feels kind of sobering. Uh, you have one life. Honestly, you have one life in every day. I just, I feel like sometimes we take each day for granted. Like we think, I got tomorrow. I got next week. I got next year. I'll, I'll do better then. But I mean, this is it. This is now. And so what would it look like for us to begin to say, all right, well, what, what, what does my story look like? What, what do I want my story to tell about me? Uh, last week, we looked at this uh, quote and this teaching of a guy named Stephen Covey. And he just talks about, beginning with the end in mind. So where do you want to go? What, what, what story again do you want your life to tell? And what are the decisions you're going to make today to help you get there? And so I said, the thing that we really have to wrestle with is we have to ask the difficult question, well, what is it that I value? Well, what is most valuable to me? Not simply, what do I want? Right? That's the wrong question. I think that's the wrong question to ask. Well, what do I want in life? Uh, because, as we looked in the first week, sometimes we think we know what we want, we get what we want, and we realize, I really didn't want that. Uh, just kind of a, a silly, simple uh, thing. My, my wife and I, when we go out and we'll order food, 
uh, often when I order food, I think, what is it that she might really want? Uh, because oftentimes she'll order something to eat and then she'll be like, how's yours? Is yours, is yours good? And uh, like, yeah, do you want to try it? And then it ends up, we can switch. Do you want to switch? How about I eat half and you eat half, right? Because we think we know what we want. And then we get what we think we wanted and then it's not what we wanted. Whether that's a person or a thing or a job, we, we think that is what I need. That is what I want. And we get that and then we regret it or we don't want it. Or then we, we look at the idea and, and we, we think that, that God isn't involved with those things, right? That we haven't sought after God and what he might want for our lives, right? We haven't asked God, what, what is it, God, that you would want for me in my story? And then last week, we looked at this battle between what we naturally want versus what we ultimately want. And sometimes the desires that we have, the wants that we have, get in the way of what we ultimately want. Want, right? We, we looked at this scripture in Romans 7. I said, this might be your, your life scripture. It just says this, I do not understand what I do, right? I, I just don't understand what I do. I do the things I don't want to do. I don't do the things I want to do. And then there's those things that I hate that I still do. Paul in this scripture is just being extremely vulnerable and honest and open. But he ended and we ended with this thought, well, what can happen What can change this for me? And Paul gets to the realization that it's God, that it's Jesus alone that that changes our story. Stephen Covey says this, if you carefully consider what you want to be said of you in the funeral experience, you will find your definition of success. Not someone else's definition, not, not someone else's story that they've put on you, but if we could really look at the end of our lives and say, what do I want to be told about me? Then we'll see what success looks like. But there are those things that get in the way. The good things that become ultimate things, whether it's our work or money, maybe even our kids, those things become ultimate, ultimate things that get in the way of what we really value. Or, as we looked at last week, it's the sinful things. It is the human nature that gets in the way of our story. And there's many things, listen to me, there are many things that will get in the way of what you really value. I promise there's going to be a lot of things that are going to get in the way of what you really value. And if you aren't sure of the story you want to tell, those things will begin to tell your story. Let me say that again. If you don't know the life that you want, the story that you want to tell, there are things that will tell your story for you. And we looked at those last week as Paul began to speak. I think one of the things that that helps us in this is if we could get a better picture of who God is, if we could understand the the picture of God better. Uh, We we just sang a a couple of songs that talks about God's love for us, but I know in a group this size that there's all kinds of thoughts about who God is. The thought of a personal God may be difficult for you. That there really is a God who cares about you, who who cares about the decisions that you make, who cares about the brokenness in your life, who, who cares about healing when there's sickness. Maybe that's difficult for you to think there's a God who cares. That there's a God who cares about your addictions, your shame, your regrets. That there's a God who cares about those things. That might be difficult for you. Uh, Maybe you're someone who says, I believe that there's a God who created, uh, but I think he created and then just kind of left us on our own. I don't know who this God is, but maybe that's what you believe. 
Or maybe you assume that, that God just wants something from you. God is just demanding and he's wanting something from us, but maybe uh, some of you even think maybe God doesn't exist at all. And whatever you believe about God begins to, to tell you or speak into your life about the things that you'll value, the things you see as important. And so if you think God just wants something from you, then that's going to determine what you see as valuable or what you see as important. As a parent, if I ask you what you want from your kids, the answers that most of us would give would come not from a very healthy place. If you begin to think of the things you want from your kids, usually it's going to be something that you've dealt with. It's, it's your ego you, you need help. Uh, it, it's you weren't successful and so you want your kids to be successful. You want kids to tell the story that you weren't able to tell. Oftentimes when we want something from our kids, it does not come out of health. Uh, we, we have a soccer academy here that we're, uh, we've started just in the last year, and we have a lot of kids playing. We have 11 teams playing over at River's Edge, and uh, we, we have a, a team that we play against. Um, actually, my, my daughter's team, we, we play in the championship game tonight. I just thought I'd throw that in there, that, um, that we're, uh, we're playing in the championship game tonight. I won't tell you our record, but we're in the championship game uh, tonight, but we're playing against this team. And this team has a coach that we've struggled with this year. Uh, and, and it's really hard. Andrew Fitzgerald, the other coach and I, we've talked about this and how we're almost not looking forward to tonight's game because we just had some problems and some issues. And so if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me that as parents, when we want certain things from our kids and we act in a certain way when we don't get them, just come and watch our game tonight, right? Just come and watch some of the parents, just come and watch this coach and and you will see that if we are not healthy, we will demand and want certain things from our kids. But when we're healthy, when we're healthy as parents and we get a good picture of what this looks like, we don't want things from our kids. We want things for our kids. Man, we want things for our kids. We want them to experience life to the fullest. We want them to be healthy and whole. That's what we want for our children. And so if we think of God, I want you to get this picture of a God who wants something for you. He wants something for you. He wants you to understand what your identity is in him. That maybe that is what you need to hear today, that your story is found first there. That your identity is found in him as our good father. We just sang it. And listen, I'm learning more and more. Sometimes we sing songs um, and maybe we don't believe them or we sing songs and we don't really understand what we're singing. Uh, and we sing them just because that's what we're doing. But, but if you could really get the, the picture of this song, that, that God is a good father, that's who he is. I don't know who you say, say he is, but the scriptures, in my experience, God is a good father. That's who he is. And then the next line, we are loved by him. You are loved deeply by him. Not that you've earned it. Not that you get to a point where you're good enough and now he loves you. Not that something has to change and then he'll give his love to you. But no, you are loved by him. And then the next line, the next line of that is, that's who I am. That's who I am. What would happen in our stories if we actually believe that? That Jesus, even when he begins to teach his disciples to pray, that's how he starts. He starts with the line, our father. Like anytime we're going to approach God, we're, we're going to approach him with this mindset that he is a good father. What if that could just begin to change your story right there? 
the story of what you've thought about God, the, the story of what you've thought about yourself, maybe it could change in that moment because you begin to see God as a good father. And then out of that, we begin to say, all right, well, what does God want for us? If he is a good father, well, what is it that he wants? Uh, Paul is a guy who uh, writes really a lot of the New Testament. Uh, he has a pretty amazing story. He hated Christians and and, and held the, the coats of those who were persecuting and killing Christians. And then he actually asked for permission to go in and, and take people who had begun to follow Jesus and to find them and to punish them and to persecute them. But then, right, but then he has this encounter with God and it changes his life. And so his story was headed one way. Your story might be heading one way, but, but God begins to do something and your story changes and you take a new path. This is what happens for Paul, and he begins to help other people become Christians, and he plants churches, and then he writes letters to them. And we looked at part of this last week in, in Galatians 5. And we looked at this list that are in our human nature, this sinful nature, uh, these things that want to destroy our story, that lead us down a path where we begin to hate our story, uh, th these things that, that at the end of our lives we say, man, I wish that wasn't a part of my story. Right? We, we looked at that last week, but, but then Paul begins to, to change his his tone. He begins to speak differently. And he begins to talk about what life could look like. He begins to say, that, that might be what your story was, but, but what if this begins to be our story now? And I think it's a list of character traits that could be seen in our lives if we could give our lives completely over to God. Like it's not one of those where if we just kind of halfway do it, but, but I think if we begin to say, all right, God, I'm going to give you my whole life. Everything about my story is yours. My past, my present, my future, my struggles, my fears, my anxieties, my worries, my depression, my, my loss, my broken relationships. Lord, I just want to give all that to you. I want to surrender and completely give that over. I think God could begin to do something in our lives. He wants to do something in us and through us. But I just want to be honest. That's hard. It's hard to give up control. It's hard, especially if you don't have a clear picture or a healthy picture of who God is. We begin to wonder, well, is God going to come through for me? Is God really going to see me through this difficult time? And so we wonder, can I really give it over? I don't know if any of you struggle with, if I'm on a road trip, I'd rather be in the driver's seat. <laughs> right? It, it's hard for me to sit shotgun. I realize there's no brake over there, and it's hard for me to grab the wheel when I'm sitting on that, that side. But man, I... I just know for my wife and I, when we travel and she always wants to drive, and I'm like, no, I'm good, I'll, I'll drive. You're a great driver, but I, I just want to be in control. It is hard to get over, give over control. But something good could happen when we begin to do that. Jesus, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus comes and he, he lives this life and he shows us what love looks like and he goes to a cross and he dies and he's buried and he comes back and he, he has these conversations with his disciples, his followers. And then he leaves Jesus says, I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm leaving because my Holy Spirit will come and dwell in you. We, we don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, right? We, we don't talk about the role of the Holy Spirit, where, where the scriptures say that the Holy Spirit is the comforter or the helper. It's the guide. And so he says, I'm going to send my spirit to you. And so as followers of Jesus, we begin to invite the spirit to be in us, that we invite the spirit to change us. And then Paul here begins to say, well, there's some fruit. There's something that comes from that. There's something that's produced in you and I when we begin to do that. And that's what we're going to look at. Galatians 5, 22, Paul says this. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Paul just says, look, there is an outcome to you being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's something that's going to come from your life as a follower of Jesus when we surrender our lives to him. Like just these first three, love, joy, and peace. Who doesn't want to be defined by those things? I hope all of us do. I hope all of us want to be known as loving people. Uh, People who have joy in our life, who have peace, that love, that we're faithful to one another. That that we don't just love those who love us in return. Like our lives are different as followers of Jesus. That our core value is uh, we're, we're loved and so we love others. Right, And that doesn't just mean certain people or certain groups of people or those who we agree with, but, but we really love because God has first loved us. There were people of forgiveness, that we forgive and we move forward and we, we seek out reconciliation and restoration. That, that is something that would define us as followers of Jesus, that, that joy is something that defines us, not, not fake happiness, not the smile that says, I've got it all together, but a joy that says, God will get me through this. A peace, a peace that we can't explain, right? You know this, you've experienced this if you're a follower of Jesus and you've got the spirit in you that there's just this peace that comes and you can't explain it. But it's because God is doing something in your story. We have peace with him and peace with one another. And then the next one that I think more uh, of us need more of this and that's patience, right? Just patience, patience with one another. If you're married, just patience with your spouse, Patience with your kids, your, your coworkers. Patience as you drive a car down the road. Like we just need more patience. Right? Just get on social media and, and look at people complain or talk poorly about people. It almost always in my mind just comes back to being patient. Patient with one another or kindness. And this is interesting. We, we use this word kindness. And some of you have memorized this list somewhere, caravans or uh, in Sunday school. You at some point, you memorize this list and the word for kindness is long-suffering, and, and it actually means um, to, to show patience, so back to patience, to show patience in spite of troubles, right? To be kind in those situations, to be patient in troubles, especially when it comes to other people, right? What if this was a part of your story? What if this was a, a definition of, of who you were, goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, right? We, we want that and self-control that I'm not controlled by anyone or anything, that I'm able to resist temptation, that that God is able to help me have control over those things. Verse 24, he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. We've put off the old self and we have this new life. We have a new self. And so our passions begin to change, our desires begin to change, and they align themselves with what God has for us. I've never really understood um, decorating with fake furniture, or fake furniture, with fake uh, fruit, uh, decorating with fake fruit. If you do, that's okay. I I just, I've never really understood it, right? And so just this picture, like if you go to someone's house, you're like, oh, fruit. I would love a piece of fruit. Oh, no, 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 no. That's fake fruit. You can't have that fruit, right? It just has never really made, made sense to me. And so I just, honestly, I think for many of us, 
who call ourselves followers of Jesus. There's a group of people who are dying to see real fruit in our lives. There are people who don't know much about God. There are, there are people who think they know a lot about Christians or the church. And they're just dying to see some real fruit of those who confess to follow Jesus. We want to change our community. We want to change our families. We want to change our story. Then we begin to see this fruit produced in our lives. This real fruit. Uh, not that we're going to uh, not fail or not that we're going to have to be perfect all the time, but our desire and our goal for our story is to be defined by these characteristics. That at the end of my life, when, that, when, when, when my time is gone, at whatever age that looks like, that if people could stand up and just say, man, Kyle was such a patient person. Or, or Kyle, there was just this peace to Kyle. Or, or Kyle was defined by his love his love for God and his love for his wife and for his children and for his community. That there was just this goodness that came from, from Kyle. And it wasn't about me, but it was about what God had done in my life and in my story. W wouldn't we want that? Don't you want that for yourself? And I know you do. Let me answer it. You do. And here's how I know. Uh, do you want your boss to have these characteristics? Right, Some of you who have, uh, have kids uh, at whatever age, as you think if they're not married yet, as you think about them finding a spouse, um, I would think this list might be what you would want your children to find in a spouse. Right, right? I, I, don't, I don't want for my daughter who's 12, I, I'm, as I pray for her and I pray for her future and spouse, I'm not hoping she finds someone who's angry or is unkind or isn't loving. I, I want those things for my, my daughter to find in a spouse. And so if that's true that I want that in other people, I know I want that for myself. And so we begin to see God and we begin to ask God to do that in our lives. Listen, Paul writes this to some Christians in Rome. Uh, I'm going to read it. Um, it's not going to be on the screen, don't, but don't put this uh, on the screen. I'm going to read it out of the message. Uh, it's a paraphrase. And so as we often think about uh, our struggles with, with some things in life, uh, I think sometimes we think, well, that's just who I am, right? I'm, I'm just, that, that's what I struggle with, and, and maybe that's true. But, but when Jesus goes to the cross, he defeats sin. Sin doesn't have to have power over us, right? Our lives can look different. And so we don't just continue to sin and think, well, God forgives me. That is true, but it feels, it feels cheap, if I can say that. Let listen to what Paul says in Romans 6. He says this, so what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign or in control, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came out of the water, we entered into a new country of grace, a new life, and a new land. Your story begins to change as you begin to follow Jesus. The things that define you, the things that you're about look differently as we follow Jesus. We don't just keep on sinning because we understand God's grace. That grace compels us 
Oh, grace compels us to live differently, for our stories to look different. We have this new life in a new land. I talked briefly last week about being baptized. If you haven't been baptized, can I just encourage you to do that? Uh, often we think of baptism and we think of our children and we think of teenagers, but, but I know for many of you, maybe you've begun following Jesus at an older age and you've just never taken that step to be baptized. Uh, and what that is, is there'll be a, a, a small pool in here next Sunday and, and it's a declaration, a public com- confession that you're following Jesus, that you have this new life and you're walking in a new land and your story is different. Not that you're perfect. I've had conversations before with people who are like, yeah, I want to be baptized, but I just got to figure some stuff out. Right? I want to be baptized, but there's these things in my life I've got to get rid of. No, God is doing that. Right? This is a moment where you say the old life is gone. I'm, I'm putting it into the watery grave. And, and it's a picture of coming out of that with a new life. So if you haven't been baptized, I'm going to stand down here afterwards just for a few minutes. If you have questions, if you want to be baptized, would you just talk to me afterwards? Uh, we'll celebrate. I know uh, one uh, who is uh, supposed to do that next Sunday, but we'd love more. If you have teenagers, if you have uh, older elementary students who, who understand this and want to do this, would you just talk to me? Let's, let's do this. Let's celebrate. What a great way to end this series of, of creating a better story by saying, look, this is what God is doing in my life. And to confess that to our, our family together. So we have this new life and we have this new story. God is doing something in our life. And the result of that, the result of that, let me read it again, is love and joy, peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. What if that was your story? What if the people you worked with said that about you, your family? What, What if your family could say that about you? And maybe right now they can't. But it doesn't mean they won't. Maybe right now they can't, but it doesn't mean they won't, right? You are still breathing. Let me say this again. You are still breathing. It means your story is not over. That God is still doing something in your life. What if your story could look different? So here's what I want you to not do, all right? Here's what I want you to not do. Don't settle. Don't settle. Like believe today that this could define your story. And don't just settle for what has always been. And they don't overcomplicate it, right? Just begin to ask God to do this in your life. Uh, as a good father, if my children came to me and needed something and I knew they needed it, I would do everything I could do to give it to them. I wouldn't withhold it. So if you begin to go, maybe you just pick one, maybe, maybe patience, maybe that's the one you want to start with, but maybe you just go to God and you say, look, God, would you make me patient? Would your spirit in me make me Patient, just don't overcomplicate it. Just begin to ask. These people came to Jesus and were asking, what's the most important commandments? What are the most important rules? What do I need to make sure and do? Jesus just simplifies it and he says, love God and love people. And if we're gonna love God and we're gonna love people, I think these things fit into that story. And then I'll leave with this and this will lead us into next week. This isn't just about you. This isn't just about your story. I think far too often as followers of Jesus, we at some point realize we're broken and we're sinful and we need someone to save us. And so we accept this forgiveness from God and we'll, we'll come on Sundays and we, we put in our time here and we learn and we, we go back into the world. And in the back of our mind, we, we know at some point when we die, I've punched my ticket to heaven, right? I, I was in a group this week speaking and, and we were talking about how far too often people just 
punch their ticket to heaven because they were afraid of hell. Right? Oh, I don't have to go there? Then, then yeah, I want to go somewhere else. But if you read the Gospels, if you read the stories of Jesus, it was never just about that. That the story that Jesus tells is this story where we have this radical love for one another. So the fruits of the Spirit, if you go through those and read those, they're really about other people. They're really about these characteristics that would be in our lives that impact and influence other people. So this is not just about you. This is not just your story, but the role your love would have in someone else's life, your patience with someone else, your goodness to that person that you work with that no one can stand and no one will talk to and everyone thinks that they're rude, but man, your goodness towards them. This is not just about you and your story. As followers of Jesus, our story's on our own. Our story's on our own. It's not just about what you want. It's not just about what I want, but what does God want in us? What does he want for us? What kind of story does he want us to tell that has an impact on those around us? And so let's just start today, right? Let's just start today. Let's ask God for wisdom. Let's ask God for strength. Let's ask God to produce these fruits in our lives, individually and as a church, that we wanna see these fruits produce not a fake fruit but a real fruit and we just follow jesus we read the scriptures we see the way jesus interacted with people and we do it we put into practice what we've seen done and then if you want to celebrate with baptism would you take that step would you do that would you be bold and maybe there's a voice in your head that says you're not ready or you can't do that you can and we'd love to celebrate with you. Greg's going to come up and lead us in this song as we close every week. Um, But this is what I want for us. This is what I want for you. You may not like your story so far. Whatever age you are, maybe you don't like your story. Maybe you don't like decisions that you've made. Maybe you don't like decisions other people have made on your behalf. Maybe things have been done to you and you think, man, I, I wish my story was different. It can be. With the help of God and the help of the Holy Spirit, our stories can look different. Would you stand as I pray? We'll sing this song together. God, I'm so thankful as I often stand here and say, Lord, that at an age of 13, 14, when I was hopeless and I found myself in a certain story that you came into my life. You changed everything. There's been times where maybe I've gone away from that and I've done my own thing, Lord, but thankful that I stand here today knowing that you're my good father and that you love me. God, I just pray for myself right now. Would you help me to be a person that this fruit is displayed in my life? And for my friends here today, would this be their story as well? God, would your spirit be in us? Would those around us see something different in us? Not because we're good or not because we're talented, but But Lord, because your spirit is in us, God, would you help us to do that? Would you help us to be the kind of people that at the end of our lives, that when people stand and talk about us, the only thing they can say is that we love you and that we love people. God, would you help us to do that? I pray this in Jesus' name.